Hi, it's Josh from Under the Table Hot Sauce. I'm here with my friend, the star of the show, Jimmy Farrow. Yeah, what's up, JB? Nah, nothing. It's been a hot summer, and for all your barbecue needs, you can go to UndertheTableHotSauce.com. 13 unique flavors to choose from, created and bottled in a Long Island kitchen. UndertheTableHotSauce.com. Let's go chow, JB. Let's do it. All the flavor, twice the burn. Do you treat your dog as part of the family? <laughs> well, so do we. So why not celebrate your pup's birthday with the ultimate party box? Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Party Pup Info, and let us make your pup's party or any celebration perfection. Episode three of the O Spot with your host Ona Z. Hi. So the last episode we were talking about longevity of her career in the adult film industry and entertainment as a whole. Uh, my question to you is, how do you feel you've been able to preserve such a long career in the business? Well, cosmetics are good. No. <laughs> um, I think because I love it and because I'm interested in it. And I think 
Are we, can we hear each other? I think because the films I made are important and they have lasted a long time. Um, and, you know, I've outlived a lot of people, you know, a lot of people have closed, shut down, gone away, and I'm still here. Mm -hmm. And like I say, I'm still interested and people still, a lot of fans, a lot of fans write to me and want to talk to me. So I think that's a big part of it. And I still look pretty much the same. And I think that's a big part of it. So you have fans now that still remember you from your days early on in the in the business and i'm sure they still write you letters and contact you through instagram mm -hmm. a lot and uh you know happy birthday how are you what are you doing how do you stay so young blah 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 mm -hmm. and i answer them as much as i can i mean you know i think that uh for me i'm really physical i like to look beautiful i think that's all part of um the magic of being on a Z. I think, I think it's all part of it and what people want to see. Mm -hmm. So what do you want your legacy to be? Oh my gosh, Tim. <laughs> Someone asked me one time and I said, when I go, I want it to say an angel rests here. I don't want to say anything about on a Z is here. You know, don't step on my grave. Um, I think people, I want people to remember me as someone who made a contribution to them, uh, cause that was my goal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I want my legacy to be that they learned something, they got something, they had fun, um, that they understand more now than they did before. And that you know just to keep asking questions and keep learning and you know trying to learn more so i can actually speak for myself with this one because i'm a male and i've been watching her oh, films you since are? i was young <laughs> <laughs> um i'm sure you've had a lot of males come up to you over the years and say that how do i put this and trying to be politically correct about it at the same time um you've made their sex life interesting enticing uh appetizing like what's your response to that thank you mm -hmm. i'm glad keep watching and more will be revealed mm -hmm. um the the more you watch and the more you listen and the more you read and learn, more will be revealed. And I think that as we get older, um, our body tells us what we can and can't do. Mm -hmm. You know, you're in a long-term relationship. Sex isn't that important anymore, but what is important is the communication you have around it. And, you know, what's in your head. But I think that... Um, I, I can say thank you and thank you for watching and don't stop watching because you'll find something new every time, something new about yourself, whether you're 17 or 40 or 50 or 60 or whatever you are. Mm -hmm. So were you able to ever have like offset relationships with any of the actors you worked with as far as like- You know, I never did. Okay. I mean, I was friends with people, but 
it never even occurred to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was married and married. Mm-hmm. So um, I wasn't attracted to any of the people that I was working with. For me, it was just sex. I mean, yeah, they were great. They were sexy. But when I was done working, I was done working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know that a lot of the women don't feel that way. They had relationships with actors that they were working with, but it didn't work for me. So, like, the job you had on set, being an adult performer, um, any adult industry, was that a pro or a con uh, based on your personal sex life outside the business? Oh, it was a pro. I mean, I remember, I'm just, I have so much sexual energy, and I remember that even coming home after a long day, I would want more sex. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is in me, but it is, Mm -hmm. and... um, I didn't want more sex with someone I had worked with. Mm-hmm. I wanted more sex with my partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was really, you know, not now, but back then, yes. Mm-hmm. So when you got to, so you got the 80s, you have the 90s, you have the 2000s. What did you see was the biggest change in the business from the time you started to the time you almost ended your career in the business? Was there like one thing that stuck out as far as like that was a major change in the business? Um, gosh, I wish I could answer that. I think, yeah, I think that uh, when the Israelis came in and they started duplicating duplicating the te- the tapes and then, you know, urging people to do amateur tapes, mm-hmm. huge difference mm-hmm. because making a movie and making an amateur tape are two completely different things right. and the content isn't great and pros are pretty their bodies are good they keep themselves together i mean i just can't explain it in any other way i mm. mean they have lines to read they have sets to be on that are nice amateurs don't they just can show up in the trunk of a car and you know get a blowjob I mean that's not very attractive to me mm-hmm. um I want to see something that's more fantastical right um and to me it ruined the market mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know you can buy a tape for a dollar I mean it just ruined the market I have no interest in that at all I listen out there you guys I know you like it some of you like it but I don't mm-hmm. I, I don't find it interesting or fun at all mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what about you um i don't follow the product now currently um i feel like so when we talked about this in episode one they used to shoot everything on 35 millimeter even in adult films were shot on film they had stories they had actors that can not only perform they also could perform as actors when i say actors i mean male and female right um they don't have any of that today everything is done spontaneously everything is done on the spot Um, There's nothing that's leading up to that scene and there's no rhyme or reason why they're doing what they're doing. Uh, So for me, it's really changed the whole dynamic of the way I view that industry. Um, I don't find it really entertaining anymore. It's cheapened it. It's really cheapened the brand of adult films, the way they produce films today compared to when they did things in your era, which they did things with class and integrity. That was really the major difference. Um, And so for me, (laughs) Um, 
One of the things they don't teach in school anymore is sex education. That's right. Which is really crazy when you think about it because you have children running around with children. In the second grade, I was watching sex education. I was being educated on what sex was, how to practice safe sex practices, but also mm, stuck into my father's room, his closet, got into the closet. I was like, what's this about? Let me see what this is, you know. Also now you have so many transgender and gay, mm -hmm. and it wasn't like that when I was growing up. Right. Or even when you, just a little. Yep. No, and that's really, um, when they talk about cancel culture, they're canceling everything that we used to grew up on. We knew what that cancel culture was about. Uh, now you turn on the TV, though, since they're so hip to cancel culture, you see two gay guys kissing one another. And so that is really misleading to children because they're watching that saying, Mommy, Daddy, that's okay to be that way. Right. They don't know any different because they're not educated. They don't have sex education in school anymore. They're not educated on what sex is about and the way it should be. So, you know, God created Adam and Eve. He didn't create Adam and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's one of my lines, right. by the way. So it's just like through adult films back then, I was able to educate myself properly on the way to go about it, you know. Um, and it was interesting to me because I was always more in, thrilled with like the story of what they were doing, why they were doing it. And, and that's gone today. The mystique of the business in that regard is completely gone in today's society the way adult films are produced now. And really a lot of the scenes, you don't really see chemistry anymore between oh, the actors. there used to be so much chemistry. And you're, in your era, you could tell there was chemistry because you could watch a scene and you could tell like most of the men you worked with, you had chemistry with because oh, you guys did, were good yeah. on screen and you could tell there was some type of chemistry. Otherwise, you guys would not have been able to be as great of partners as you were on film mm -hmm. and, and it showed. You know, so I don't know if you have any comment on that or not, but um, that's kind of what was enticing to me about those films. Yes, and I think that the chemistry is what made it. And I, there were only a few actors I didn't really have a lot of chemistry with, but I did have chemistry with the male actors and even the female actors. Mm -hmm. um, there were, I had some favorites who I really got in touch with uh you know i had not experienced women before so that was so interesting to me and so different and so soft and great and um i mean i'm very orgasm orgasmic and to be with an actor who knew what he was doing was great because you know kissing when you are doing private sessions with a client mm -hmm. you don't kiss them mm -hmm. and that's because it's so intimate mm -hmm. but when you're doing a sex scene with your partner kissing is so intimate that you on screen if you kiss them you can see how hot the chemistry is right and we did a lot of that you don't see that very much anymore you see it on television between Mike and Steve, mm -hmm. but you know, <laughs> I love that we're going to use that, but you don't see it a lot in film. So, you know, that was wonderful, that chemistry that we all had. And again, it was a small group of people, you know, just, you know, they were actors who were out of work, 
like Herschel Savage is still acting. Mm -hmm. He was in real estate, but he has a show that he does. He's a good actor. And I think that, you know, we did it because we couldn't get any other jobs and, you know, we were into each other and chemistry is everything. Mm -hmm. When I met my husband, we had so much freaking chemistry. We couldn't stand to be apart for five seconds. And I think, I think that's what we were showing in those days right on. for a long, long, long time. And then went away. Cause I remember some of your scenes with some of the male performers you were with, like John Leslie oh, yeah. and um, I'm trying to think, Her I think you were with Herschel, Herschel Savage. Yeah. Uh, trying to think of the other, uh, Paul, Ed was it Edwards? Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's crazy that I know those actors' names. <laughs> I walked literally into my father's bedroom when I was a kid and right. started getting in the closet. But um, so if we could play word association, like what, who was your favorite male to work with? Who was your favorite? female to work with well my favorite female was Sharon Kane mm -hmm. blonde beautiful soft sweet gorgeous mm -hmm. I don't know where she is now really fun and lovely and male I want to say John Leslie was not my favorite mm -hmm. um Randy West mm -hmm. was great um Herschel was the guy he died to i mean john leslie died of a heart attack but mm -hmm. this other man died not too long after um it'll come to me but i had a few favorites mm -hmm. definitely randy spears in the beginning right and then he was just so full of himself mm -hmm. you know and now of course he's a preacher so outside of being compatible on screen with those performers how do they treat you? How were you treated on set? Oh, great. I mean, I remember being in Cannes at the film festival and John was looking for new talent to shoot a movie. Mm -hmm. And we were all out having uh, lunch or something in this place before, before a show. And I walked by him and he ran after me. My hair was very long and darker. And he said, I want you. I want you. I love that ass. And I turned around and I said, John, it's me. It was Ona. <laughs> of course, it's Ona. I said, well, you can shoot it with me. No, no, no. I need someone new, but I'll think of you. <laughs> and um, so we were all very compatible mm -hmm. and having fun, mm -hmm. except for the people that continued to do drugs. Right. John didn't really do drugs, I don't think. I think he smoked, smoked pot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jamie, a man, tall. Jamie. Gillis? Not Gillis. Uh, yeah. Was uh, it Gillis? Yeah. Yeah. Gillis? yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he was great. He actually did some mainstream films too uh like they had the maryland diaries he was in and a couple other films he did it was on hbo i remember as a kid he was yeah he was one of the prom prominent male actors in the adult he was industry. so great yeah mm -hmm. he died i mean i couldn't believe he just died mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so um outside of the business like we talked about you had no actual personal relationships as far as sure, sexual experiences did. did you guys ever keep in contact offset just as friends or how did that i did with sharon okay um and um uh marcia shanahan mm -hmm. um and 
who else? No men. Mm -hmm. Just a couple girls. So this is an interesting question I just thought of. So you were the mature lady in the business. You were, before they had the genre MILF, that's what you were considered. Were you, did you ever work with any male performers that were intimidated by you? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> As they got younger, they were like, I don't know what to do. And I would say, don't worry about it. I'll do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I went to a CES show many years ago. And um, Tom, who has his own production company, got, reached out to me and said, I'll give you anything you want if you want to be my MILF. Mm. And I said, <laughs> I am so not interested in doing that. I think Ashlyn did it. Right. And I mean, good for her, but I, I just don't want to be anybody's MILF. Exactly. Yeah, because you're a classy lady, professional, respectful. I was over it. Right. 1,000%. I mean, I, I did it. I loved it. And, and you knew when it was time to call it quits. Oh, my God. There's yes. a lot of people in the industry, whatever industry they're in, that don't know when to call it quits. Yeah, like Nina. She doesn't know when to say no. Mm -hmm. It's over. And it's like a career that has a limited window. It's not a career that you can continue pursue for your life it's not a lifetime career it's for anybody not, I, don't care who you are. I mean that's why I thought producing directing was so great because I could do that forever and then I realized no I don't want to do that forever I, I went back into real estate that was fine and uh no I mean I was done I mean when you're done you're done and you know you have to know and that's why I was surprised that she did that maybe she needed the money I don't know I don't know anything about her so you kind of already had conceived an exit plan from the business uh -huh. before you started before business? Started. Okay. So you knew automatically, I'm going to do this business for this many years. And then when I get to a certain age, I'm going to quit. I knew that at some point it was going to get really difficult. Mm -hmm. And when the Israelis came in, I said, all right, what's my exit? Mm -hmm. And I was lucky because I did own some real estate, which I had an income from. And, um, but I will tell you, when I stopped working, I was very depressed for a year or so mm -hmm. because it's all encompassing. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm directing, I'm producing, I'm making the box covers, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. It's, you know, it hits every creative bone in my body. And so when I stopped, I was like, wait a minute, now what? And it can be very depressing. Right. So it took me a while to get my stuff together. Mm -hmm. How were you able to make, was that an easy transition outside of like a year after the business? Were you able to kind of settle into a normal life? No. Or, no? Okay. I don't think I have a normal life now. I think that um, I got back into real estate mm -hmm. and like I said, I had real estate uh, income properties, so that helped me. Mm -hmm. But um, the money helped because otherwise I would have had to get a regular J-O-B, which I could not have tolerated. Right. And I think that's the issue. Mm -hmm with a lot of people is that, you know, where are they going to go? They're going to get a regular job. Mm -hmm. No, because all they know is the business. So it's, it's important for them to create something else while they're in the business, get an education, mm -hmm. you know, uh, get your real estate license, uh, go to vet school. I mean, do 
something so that when you do decide to get out, you have somewhere to go. Right, exactly. That is so important. But it's also important to know that every talent, if you think about it, is a brand. So if they brand themselves and they continue build their empire, their enterprise, it's like now they're known by their name. They don't have to continue to do that anymore. It's like when you, even today, 2022, um, when you say own Aziz name to people, a lot of people my age, even younger than me, know who you are. Absolutely. You know, because you built a name for yourself that was a brand name. And a lot of performers went through the process of performing and they didn't think about, let me build a name that I can live off of and make money off of after I quit the business. Yeah, that's why I had an annuity uh in toys dvds whatever but i also had real estate so i had an annuity there and i would have more if i could mm -hmm. but i didn't so um i mean i could see it coming i wasn't mm -hmm. getting any younger i was getting older mm -hmm. and um it, but i i have to say it's very difficult the first year or so mm -hmm. because you're used to being if you're creative very creative Mm -hmm. And it really, it hurts. So here's the interesting thing. Your career wasn't just the adult industry. You did several mainstream films as well. So how were you reached out to do the mainstream films or the, the, those producers? Obviously, I'm going to say, I'm not, I don't want to assume anything, but I'm going to say that a lot of those producers were familiar with who you were from the adult business. Would that be correct to say? Yeah, I, I reached out to people and um i would do things like costuming or makeup or this and that the other and then i would put myself forward and say you know i'm an actor and they'd say oh great we have a part for you <laughs> so you know i wouldn't say i'm on a z right. I, I think my stage name then was on sims and i did some movies with wings hauser he was a brutal guy to work with and um some other things but I knew that wasn't going to be it. Mm -hmm. I, I just knew it. So I, you know, continued to search and do my own thing and, you know, move along. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm saying is like now you've continued through the years, building your brand, building your worth, building who you are, you know, being recognized all over the world. Um, what does that mean to you now that, so you're like, your last film, to my knowledge, was 2005. Here we are almost 20 years after your last film, and you're still fondly, fondly remembered. Like, what does that mean to you? A lot. That's awesome. Because you're fondly remembered amongst a lot of male, <laughs> I me would, included. I fans. wouldn't mind making another film. Right on. It would be really fun for me. I don't want to be in it, but I wouldn't mind making it. Mm -hmm. And I have had an offer or two. And, you know, it's just a matter right now, you know, I've got a few things going on physically, so it'd be a matter of making time to do it. Mm -hmm. But um, it has to be the right thing with the right amount of money. And I'd have to get to know the entertainers and stuff, but I'm not opposed to doing it. Right. I think that producing, directing, writing, acting, I mean, you can do anything you put your mind to. I mean, you have the talent to do whatever you want. I want to do the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're working on a book, and it's the Ona Z story. Um, it's about her life from the beginning to the present. And uh, eventually, you're going to be able to purchase a copy of the book in the store. It's going to be attached to her channel. 
um, off the Monty and the Pharaoh playlist. Monty and the Pharaoh. So um, hysterical. What does that What does that mean to you now that you have your own broadcast to be able to create content? I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm so creative, and I just love that idea. I can't wait to do it, see it, be it. And the book means everything to me because I have put so much into my life that um, I think people really have a different understanding of what adult is like Mm -hmm. and why people do what they do when they're in it and how they try to get out of it. It's like being at the the bottom of a pit and then trying to claw your way out. Um, And I, I think it'll help a lot of people. So would it be safe to say from that analogy that you just gave, um, adult films is a survival method for a lot of actress, mm-hmm. period, like actors, male and female performers. Okay. Basically trying to find their way in life, not really knowing what direction to go. Yes. And I think this, I really hope this book can help people find a way out and realize that, you know, they're young, they can take night classes or day classes or I took tons Mm -hmm. and they can see what they like what they don't like are they an artist are they a doctor are they a vet are they you know do they want to stay in the movie business I mean whatever they want and I mean it's hard to see when you're standing in the middle of a melting pot Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's really really tough you're working your ass off all day and going home and doing drugs and trying to rest. It's its almost impossible, which is why I think this is really good for people. So to a lot of young women, men, performers entering into the business, uh, do they, the producers kind of make it like a glamorous type of lifestyle? Like I think a lot of people see it as very glamorous. Mm-hmm. And I think that these young women that come in, they've never had so much money mm-hmm. and availability to buy things, have things, do things, like I've said before, clothes, makeup, diamonds, jewelry, cars. And um, I remember at one CES show years ago, mm-hmm. um, I wonder who was Jenna Jameson that went for something. And the girl up on stage presenting said, the dress she's wearing cost as much as the car she was going to buy but she decided to wear the dress and that is really telling because if she had a brain in her head she would have bought the fucking car thousand percent one thousand percent well that is going back to having all this lavish lifestyle thrown at you having the exuberant amount of money thrown at you being young not being responsible enough to handle it and not being mature enough to know what to expect, which is what makes you stand out. As in, as she has no money. Yeah, but she has a pocket full of diamonds and that's it. And they're not even life experienced to know any different. That's the whole thing I'm trying to, to parlay that point across to the audience is that you got into the business at 30, how old you were. Three. And you were mature enough to handle it. You were professional enough to handle it. You know what the responsibilities were with it. So... From that ad- vantage point, you had an advantage over a lot of people. Listen, when I heard that and I was sitting there, I went, what? I mean, I I made my mistakes. Mm-hmm. I bought, I did, I, whatever. But 
I couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you know, I could not, I mean, she was going to buy a Porsche or something and I knew how expensive that dress was. And I thought, you fucking idiot, you're going to wear that dress and you're never going to wear it again. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Right. These are the things these people do. Right. And I want to be there to tell them that, you know, get a management company. Get somebody who knows what they're doing. They will give you enough money to splurge on yourself mm -hmm. and they will save enough money so you can have a house, you can have income property so that you can leave when you want. Exactly. And and your boyfriend won't steal it. That's and, and see that's the thing about even the mainstream business in the industry is that uh, there were certain actors and actresses, I call everybody actors, that had agents and managers, even in the mainstream industry, it would steal. It would steal. But also, here's the the other point I was trying to make is they would literally sell their clients for sex to a producer, to a director, to whoever it was making the decisions to hire this person for the job. And, you know, so I'm not saying anything that's not public record, so he can't sue me. Um, Steven Seagal is a prominent actor in Hollywood was. Now he lives in Russia. He's a Russian citizen. Why? And he had all these women that were bringing me to movement allegations against them because their agent told them to meet him at a hotel room over a script for a movie he was producing. And, oh, well, we thought you were going to a meeting with other people and Stephen. We didn't realize it was Stephen by himself. Bullshit. Yes, you did. That's the reason you sent that female actress, female actress to his bedroom because you knew exactly what was going on and what time it was. You knew that Steven Seagal was meeting these people and had a, an agenda of hiring them. He wasn't hiring them for their talents. He was hiring them based off what type of sexual advance or what sexual favors they would give them. Why is he in Russia? Because he was actually getting ready to be um, indicted for Me Too movement allegations. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I interviewed with him one time mm -hmm. and he's a creep. Mm -hmm. Um, was it, uh, Jenny McCarthy? Jenny McCarthy went on an audition for Under Siege 2. Steven Seagal was producing Under Siege 2. Was she fat? Mm -mm. Real skinny model, tall, a blonde. Oh, Jenny McCarthy, mm -hmm. okay. So she went to his bedroom at a hotel thinking that she was going into a meeting. It was Steven in his nightgown. Uh, and he told her to remove her top. And she said, um, there's nothing in the script that tells me I need to remove my top. So what are you talking about? Like, what's going on here? Good for her. So she didn't do it. And then she called her agent on the phone. And this is in an interview. People can find it online. She told her, her agent, like, what's going on? Why would you send me to his room? And he would be the only person there thinking that I'm there to do anything other than audition for his film. And the agent's response was, well, we thought you were his type. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm thousand percent and so um that goes on and not only in the adult industry i'm sure but oh yeah the mainstream industry as well so and that's just the thing that goes on in entertainment and um until a couple of years now now they're ousting people who do this behavior for the first time ever in history until a few years ago with harvey weinstein oh. um he's the first that they made an example out of like this this mm -hmm. behavior is not acceptable in any regard, you know. And Ron Jeremy looks like he's going to die. So about Ron Jeremy, I can ask you that question too, because Ron, I'm sure, and I've met him twice um, br briefly. He actually tried to recruit me for the adult industry when I was uh, 19, I'm sure. 19 years old. 
And so what do you feel like he's the type of individual that was kind of narcissistic? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's all about Ron. And you know what the thing about Ron is he is dirty. Mm -hmm. He's narcissistic. Um, I, of course, knew him very well. And unfortunately, did have to work with him one time. But he, how can I say about Ron? He's so fucked up. He, he did rape women. Mm. I, I was at a show one time, and I'm walking down the red carpet in mm -hmm. my bondage gear and whatever, and had real red glossy lipstick on. Mm -hmm. Purposely jumps out of the side and smears my whole face. I smacked him from here to China. Mm. So who the fuck do you think you are? Wow. I mean, just, you know, that stuff's hard to get off. It's mm -hmm. like lacquer. Mm -hmm. And um, that was it for me. But, I mean, he does that mm -hmm. kind of shit and he deserves everything he's getting so he was you, is this pretty safe to say that he was a type of male that felt he could get anything he wanted anytime he wanted it and so that led over to his personal life and now he's in hot water and really is for a lot of rape allegations or whatever the situation okay, rape is. All the time. Yep. Or if he had to do, nobody wanted to work with him that was in the business. Mm -hmm. So they would have to get a real fresh person. Wow. And they took one look at him and went, and he would rape them. Wow. They would pay the girl mm -hmm. to get raped. And she would be like, done. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. He is a disgusting human being. Mm -hmm. Like, Weinstein or the, and when I was young and I was auditioning, they would try and do the same thing to me. And I would be like, why am I doing this? Right. Right. And you had a backbone to stand up when you felt and you knew you could, when a lot of other female performers were in that situation and didn't feel like they had a voice. Well, first of all, I said, I'm going to get fucked in this movie. Mm -hmm. Why do I want to start here? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. with you 1, what is the point right and i walked out i mean mm -hmm. i got the part anyway but in in the real movies when i was auditioning the same thing was happening and i was like i'm, I, I'm sorry it was i was young but i said i'm not doing it i don't want to do this so what could you say to females that that's a good that's a good thing to kind of end the episode with what could you say to females who find themselves in promiscuous positions in either the adult industry or mainstream industry where they feel like they have to play the casting couch to get a role from a producer? I would say if you're an adult, number one, I would say to that person, I'm going to get naked and have sex. Why am I going to get naked for you now? Mm -hmm. There's no point. Mm -hmm. See you later. Mm -hmm. And in the real business, I would carry spray. Mm -hmm. and spray the person right and say you got a lot of fucking nerve and i'm going to call variety and tell them all about it that's what i would do now right without a second thought absolutely, absolutely. and crush mm -hmm. their their um their rep and say you got a lot of fucking nerve mm -hmm. because there's no way why i'm gonna tell you a quick story real quick um I have Playboy centerfolds that I manage. Now we're Playboy centerfolds back in the 70s and early 80s. And a few of them were at the Playboy mansion and actually confided in me that they saw Bill Cosby drop um, 
uh, roofies as they, and women's drinks and take full advantage of them. But they felt that they couldn't really speak out on it because of who he was. And he had that much power to where they felt they would be blackballed. Now, fast forward, it took them 30 some odd years to take him up on charges for that. But that was before the Me Too movement. So now women have the ability to speak out when they didn't before because the Me Too movement, the whole concept of the Me Too movement to me is giving that woman a voice where they didn't have it before. Is that how you feel about the Me Too yes. movement? Mm -hmm. I mean, who was the woman who started it with the actress, the red hair? What's her name? Mm. She's a little overboard, but okay. I do think it's very important. And I do think people like Bill Cosby ought to be strung up by his thumbs. Mm -hmm. And all the other actors who think so much of themselves mm -hmm. ought to be brought up on charges. Absolutely. One million percent. It should be about talent, period. With no agendas. A lot of producers have hidden agendas. But it's been this way since yeah. the 20s. You know, and it took that long to make a change in the business. Oh, who knows, changed. Yeah. Well, changed and <laughs> presently, let's say, it's better than it was, I would think. I certainly hope so, baby. Yes. All right, so we're done this time. Yes. So this is a wrap on episode three. So or four. actually three. We do on three. So ladies and gentlemen, we'll be coming to you soon with episode four. Um, until then, check out the O Spot with your host, Ona Z. And uh, we're going to be bringing a lot more content to you very soon. And ask questions right yes, in. Yes, please feel free to interact, ask questions. There'll be a Patreon page. There'll be an official merchandise page where you can pay for exclusive merchandise and uh, exclusive content from the Patreon page. So we're excited to be part of this platform. And uh, there's a lot of exciting things to come. So thank you again for tuning in. And we will see you soon. We love you. Good.